Today's show is sponsored by Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code SPORTS30 and get 30% off all sports. You like sports, they got sports. Use code SPORTS30 and get 30% off all sports at Cufflinks.com slash DVR. While you're there, there's still time before Father's Day this Saturday to order something up from Cufflinks.com. So go to Cufflinks.com and get something special for dad and his crew. Get matching stuff, father and son. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies Season 2. My name is Axel. My co-host throughout this seven-episode second season will be Jenny. And you can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. Today we're going to talk about Season 2, Episode Uno 1 of Big Little Lies, entitled, What Have They Done? Directed by Andrea Arnold and written by David E. Kelly. If you're new to us, check us out at DVRpodcast.com and also consider becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash DVR. You can also send feedback to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Before I introduce Jenny, I just want to announce one little piece of news for our podcast network. More Ken, baby. If you enjoyed Ken on Podcast Winterfell, get ready. Starting in July, Ken and I will be covering Veronica Mars. I'm already re-watching. I'm up to episode five of season one. Got him from the local library. All three seasons, the movie, and then... We're going to do all eight episodes of season four on Hulu. That's coming out on July 26th. So if you're a Veronica Mars fan, stay subscribed. Check us out at DVR Podcast, all that kind of stuff. That's all my yap and Jenny. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing good. Quite a hey, week. I'm really excited to hear your um, news about Ken because I love listening to Ken. I love listening nice. to him when he would talk with Matt. I love yep. listening to him with you this season of Game of Thrones. And I have never watched Veronica Mars, but I'm going to watch it because awesome. I want to listen to the podcast. And if I don't watch it, <laughs> it's, you know yeah. what? It's so good. Now it was, it ran from 2004 to 2007 and they're like 20 episode, 22 episode seasons. Oh boy. That's a lot of watching. Yeah. So no ads. That's about 41 minutes per episode. Um, so it's still, you know, under an hour, it's not an HBO show, but that's a lot. But the thing is, is that it's kind of, you can just kind of have it on in a sense. It's such a great show, um, but it is a lot. So it's, it's totally worth it though. But if you're in the mood, you can do it or we'll just, you could just listen to us. We'll catch up. <laughs> is is it on Netflix? Do you know? It's going to be on Hulu July 1st. Well, all, I mean the, the past seasons. episodes. I know you got them from your, uh, no, the new, yeah, all but... past episodes starting July 1st, they're on Hulu okay. and the new okay. season. I've got to get 26th. Hulu anyway, because I need to listen to Gina's handmaid's tale for the yeah. new season. And I can't, I haven't listened to any of the new episodes because I haven't had a chance to watch because I wanted to be dedicated to this big little lies thing. So I may not be listening to <laughs> Gina's cast until after this is over because then I'll have time to dedicate to other stuff. So I'll be able to watch Veronica Mars and Handmaid's Tale. So. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Gina. Yes. All right. That's what we got going on. It's a hot one here in Portland and it's a hot one in Monterey, baby. We're back. Big little lies. Yes. 
So what did you think? I mean, we were talking, we did the whole rewatch and review. We had a lot of fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had kind of questions. Is there going to be a central mystery? What's it going to be about? Is it going to be different direction? Blah, blah, blah. We'll get into those specifics, but just kind of a brief, your intro to how you felt after the episode was over. Uh, I thought it was really good. I was surprised that it was only like 44 minutes long, which I text you that night. I was like, wow, because it was so full of stuff yeah. in just that 44 minutes. I was like, what? It's it's not even 10 o'clock. Uh, but I, I was um, um, I was happy to see the characters returning and and their new story arcs starting and um, how m- little changes that you could see right away and things that have stayed the same and um, the introduction of Meryl Streep's character, Mary Louise. Uh, that was, that was great. I really enjoyed this first episode. That's, How about you? Yeah. I, I really, I loved it. Um, I think I texted you and I said, you know what? I'm so glad Jenny, this is a lot more fun there. They are, I mean, I should say, first off, why do we even have a second season? Right. They wrote, there was a book written, it was finished, and then they said, guess what? Everybody loves this so much, and all the actresses are having so much fun, and it's such a creative experience, we're going to do it again. So there is no, this isn't even kind of like a Game of Thrones where the book wasn't written yet, they got to finish the show. This is like, there was no sequel to this. It was a standalone story. And so for me, I just wanted to see how tied into the past are they going to be and how much are they just going to embrace what makes the show great. And to me, that's totally what they did. They just embraced what makes the show great. The acting, the direction, the music, it was different. The director has changed. Uh, Andrea Arnold is much, a much more direct it's a it's a funny way to say it, but she is she's a, has a much more simple approach. She puts a camera and she lets people move. Um, Mark Jean Marc Vallet was a lot of handheld, quick close ups, ethereal, like little uh, images and sounds and separation of sound and image. And this is a much more direct, uh, traditional, almost um, a little more fly on the wall verite documentary style where there, we still have the handheld, but it's not as shaky. It's not trying to communicate as much to you. It's, it's a letting the actors come to the camera and suck you in rather than kind of using the camera so much. Right. I don't know if you noticed that as well. Um, it still had the flashes. It still had the music, but these things were not as dominant. What was really dominant were the performances. And that was interesting to me because when I was reading before, that's what this director brings here. They wanted to bring someone in who was an actor's director, who kind of let the actors decide the blocking and the motion and the movement and just went with them. And you can see that. And I loved it. I thought it was just, it was also a lot less, we don't have to worry so much it's it's there's less like trauma from the outset besides Bonnie, which we'll talk about. But right. you know what I mean? Like we don't have all the flashes of violence that we had. We have some of them, but it's a flashback to a show we know. 
and it's right. more about the plot than it is so much the emotional stakes again and again, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my long-winded... I like hearing the stuff about the way it's shot and things because that's not something that I necessarily notice. Like I might subconsciously notice that, that something is different than how it was before, but I don't like hearing you explain it to me makes it make more sense. And then like the subsequent episodes, I'm like, Oh, I see what he was talking about. So I love hearing those things. So no, I didn't notice it, but I probably will notice it at least a little more going forward because you pointed it out. Well, I appreciate that. And also, a lot of times a first episode is actually stronger. Like if we remember the pilot episode had a lot more of the interview stuff with the cops, right? It had a lot more of the separation of image and sound. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one was actually so laid back that it made me wonder whether there's going to be kind of a a shift there, like a, a reversal and and we're going to get more intense camera work as the as the intensity on the screen progresses kind of like um coming to the same point but from a different direction whereas last season it was like the camera the the actors had to meet up with the camera work it was so intense from the beginning and the editing and this is a little bit more like the actors are giving that intensity. The camera works a little more sedate, even though Jean-Marc Vallée is actually an editor on this, which is amazing. This just shows you how much people love being a part of this production. You know, like he's executive producing it. He's not directing it, but he's still editing this thing. So hmm. it's, it's, really, it's really amazing. Um, all right, let's dive in. You did great notes, and I'm definitely dedicating a page on the website to these notes. I'll put them up there hopefully by tomorrow. Um, Let's start with the previously on. You liked it. I did. I thought it brought together so many of the key points that we discussed when we were going over the recap and a lot of the things I had noted, like weird little things that we didn't necessarily talk about, like when Jane slams the knife into the counter and when Renata is talking to that um, person who comes to her house and she just suddenly starts screaming because she's so stressed out about all this situation that's going on and just so many little pieces. And it was like, it was really good. I I liked it because because it was so many little pieces that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be in there on the previous Leon. I don't know. I thought it brought it together nicely for, you know, bringing you back into the second season, even if you hadn't done a rewatch. I thought that this was an important point and I'm glad you put it in the notes because my wife having not done a rewatch was like, I got to watch that. And then as it was done, she was like, that was really good. <laughs> like I really remember everything now. Uh, they did do a good job. And also it's been two years. Right, right. You know? So that's a pretty long time. Uh, You need to remind people. So there is, like, in all these images, the kind of doom that we have now isn't the violence um, that was against Celeste and against um, already with the names. There's so many damn names. (laughs) I got to put them right in front of me. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Jane. Jane, right. Okay. Uh, not just the vi- that we kept on seeing those images. Now it seems like a lot of what is the what people are worried about is the detective who we're only seeing in this mirror, right? As as we start right. off and the I episode. And I wonder if they're really thinking about the detective. Ah, good night. See, I want to talk about that because that's kind of how we stressed because yeah. she lied. 
yeah, I see. That's the thing is like, there's like, there is a undercurrent under the entire episode. Cause I was trying to think to myself, okay, there's no central mystery. What are they going to do? And they start right off with the police interview. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, he, and you see Madeline and she's talking about what happened. Um, and you see the reflection though, of the detective watching it like in the TV. Mm-hmm. Right. And then throughout the episode, whenever anyone's dreaming or it, there's like little kind of flashes that kind of remind you of that. And it's to me, that's kind of the, the, uh, the oppression that's replaced the acts that he did are now replaced by the act that they did to him. Right. And we of right. course see this with his mother and all that, but uh, right off the bat, we're reminded again that detectives there, but we don't really see her again. There's no like scene with her talking to anyone or doing anything. Right. No, we don't see her actually actively participating in anything. I think she might be in the background in one scene, but it might have been like from one of the flashback scenes besides the, you know, glass mirror reflection thing. Um, But yeah, we don't actually see her. But I really think that the guilt of having killed Perry is what is driving Bonnie's potential um breakdown that's coming oh definitely Uh, you know because it's not even that she it's she just can't like she would have preferred to just tell the truth and dealt with it at the time and been done with it because then she could just move on past like i killed this person but i did it in in defense of myself and others and moved on with her life from there now she's got it hanging over her head that she killed this person even if it was in self-defense and defense of others but she lied about it yes. and, and they're trying to make yeah. it look like an accident yeah. and and i think you're that right the, she the, doesn't i'm sorry she but what you're saying is that 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 doom for everyone is yeah. the detective for Bonnie it's the act yes but she's the conduit to the detective mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah she is that's a like great she point. just can't deal with yes. with what has happened and the fact that she wasn't able to just own up to what actually happened and so it's just it's killing her yeah that's it yeah it's it's this is great all right okay so let's uh let's go through it Jane's new hairstyle. We see that right about. Let's talk about it. What do you think? (laughs) I do not like her new hairstyle. I think if she, I I think it's just a little bit much. And I mean, that's just like personal preference on hairstyle, but I mean, it's very, it's a big deal. As I had mentioned, Um, I I actually like, I wondered if it was a wig because I was like, oh, it's just awful. Why would she do her hair like that? But then I looked it up and there were a lot of articles. Apparently it was a big thing on Twitter after the episode, which I, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really get on there a whole lot, so I was not aware of this. But um, <laughs> what was it? A big thing? A like big people, deal? Like people Just shaming the, her about it? Apparently, the the bangs that she had are, call, are called baby bangs, and they're like baby bangs are not for everyone. And the fact that it was dyed jet black, and it just yeah. it kind of to me looked like a wig anyway. So I mean, if she had done just bangs and left it the brown that it was, or done it black and done no bangs, or you know, <laughs> it just was odd looking, and it was very striking. But I, it almost was distracting to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of, it's okay. I'm not a fan of bangs. I think a lot of times when you, um, I, I actually used to be pretty interested in like hair dressing and hair styling and stuff. I cut my mm-hmm. own hair a little bit here and there. But um, one of the things is that hairdressers will tell women with a more round face to get ba- get that hairstyle where it's cut with the bangs and then it's straight on the sides because mm-hmm. it's supposed to add form to something that's too round, right? The sides were t- it, too it, far it, I, I think this is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing ever. Like I don't think it works. It look, It always looks like somebody's wearing a wig. I'm sorry. That yeah, hairstyle always looks like a wig. Her, it wouldn't have been as – drastic i guess looking yeah. all right but again i found it distracting but... all right i'm not right we're both not fans but let's talk about why though it's really right. more I mean, about it, it... her taking taking ownership yes. of herself do mm-hmm. right like changing it was an her... outward expression yes. of the changes she was yes. making besides the career change that she made right whether or not we like it which is beautiful either way it's just not my favorite right. haircut right uh, but we can see she's at a new job she's got we see in this she's in this aquarium with the uh dude from the alienist and he was in a bunch of other stuff uh, i like that actor he always looks perpetually young though he looks very he has a very young face Yes, um, he does. But he's good, uh, and uh, she's made a lot of di- she's made changes. She seems more confident, and right off the bat, in the beginning of the show, we're seeing that Jane is kind of we're we're not. This isn't going to be the same story with her. And for me, I was very happy about that because I like to see the way the show was progressing. They talked about it during the show. What happened to her? In- in particular and there's a great conversation that she has later on um but uh with celeste but she is not really though she's almost been able to let this go right she's like gained a kind of closure here and almost switched places with bonnie right which i thought was kind of cool because we're getting to see a different at these actresses do like totally different roles Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you notice that Ziggy's hair was substantially different as well, yes. and it is different yeah. than the actor's uh, Roland Young Sheldon also? Yeah, I noticed. I I almost didn't think it was him. Not a lot of kids this episode. No, really, the only kids we really see a lot of are the twins. Yeah, and overall too, I noticed that there was a lot in this episode in particular. I felt having just done the rewatch. It was a lot more concentrated on the women and the five, right? Than yes. it was on the families. Right. Less stuff in the kitchens, less interplay with the parents and the kid, though we did, of course, have the counselor scene. But it's interesting that we're seeing a, a, a great concentration on the women and that act so central coming out of last season. Again, they're just they're concentrating um, on the good stuff, but really with the aftermath of uh of last season so celeste is getting uh ready for the, uh getting the boys ready for school uh because this is we're starting off this episode the same way we pretty much started off last season it's the first day of school mm-hmm. it's the same thing again but it's a year later and i think we were right it was only about a month or so Mm-hmm. of time because they make reference to like all the way last year like right at lived... the beginning of the school year yes, last year exactly um mm-hmm. so 
It's amazing those kids didn't grow a whole lot more than they did because <laughs> it has been two years. I know, right? That was I the was little, thinking uh, the same Madeline's thing. younger daughter, Chloe. Yeah, she looks substantial, she, but she's yes. like she was like a half a head taller than even right. all the rest of the kids. So I think she just really shot up in that time where the other ones maybe grew at a more natural pace. Well, you know, it's, some kids it, it's kids are like that. It's though, good you casting know? <laughs> though too. And you know what it is is really you cast short kids. You don't care. Seriously, you look at the parents and you're like, you know, if the parents are kind of shorter, you're like, okay, like they're Lachlan not going to sprout has, up. has no, no, oh, no, no way. chance. My son. <laughs> be cast as a look, child. Let me tell you something. If they did a movie with my son from now, like he's six now and then when he's going to be eight, he'll, he'll be like three feet taller. He'll look like <laughs> right, a man. He'll be like, hello. you and your wife are both tall. <laughs> I know. We're huge. Um, all right. So we now we get to the uh, we get to the scene where we're meeting. Um, everyone's getting ready. And of course, when we see Celeste getting ready, we meet. Well, Celeste wakes up from that nightmare. Yes. Because Mary Louise wakes her up and then she's rushing the boys to get them ready for school. And, you know, you'll have protein bars on the way to school. She's pulling her clothes on. Mary Louise asks her what the dream was about. And she just is trying to blow her off because obviously she didn't want to talk about it. And then uh, Mary Louise is like, well, you said rape. So, yeah, let's talk about her. What do you think? Um, I I am looking forward to uh, seeing what particular brand of crazy she brings into this, because after watching her in the in the scene in the car, which is shortly after, you know, they get up and she says she'll take them to school and the boys are fighting like I, I know kids fight, especially siblings. And yeah, my brothers fought. Um well, me and my brothers, <laughs> you know, kids fight, but it seemed a little extra aggressive. And then you have to like tie that together. Well, look at what they grew up with, et cetera. But when she, she yells at them, I was like, Ooh, that was a little extreme. And what I had, uh, what I had said in the notes is um, I think that she's likely a very large contributing factor to uh, what, the man that Perry became. And it's funny that she's like calling the boys to be good, good young boys or whatever, because um, they have to be that in order to become good young men. And the later scene that I'm sure we'll talk about as we get there, maybe not, but when she did that little primal scream thing at dinner, Oh yeah. I was like, She really, as as I said in the notes, uh, she brought to mind the character that Kathy Bates played in the adaptation of Stephen King's Misery, the the crazy fan of the character in one of the books that the author, you know, who's the protagonist in that story had written and how she didn't. Yeah, we're not going to go into misery, but that character that Kathy Bates played, that's what Meryl Streep brought to mind for me. uh, I just. Jenny, when I read that in the notes, I was like, that's perfect. And the scenes are progressively get more, a little bit more out, a little bit more more aggressive, (laughs) yes, a little crazier, but also a little bit more comfortable with the crate. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. almost as if also the show and as they were writing it, they were like, okay, she's going to be, she's going to be crazy. But we just got to give a little hint and then strong and then stronger. And then, no, by the end of this episode, there's no doubt. Because not only the stuff that she says to Madeline, which was amazing. Which is off the chart. Oh, my. Meryl Streep is a just when you watch her, just the way she adds certain affectations to characters, where she looks when she's talking. 
You know, she knows how to really, when I think about her, I think about her like raising one hand and kind of thinking and looking up like you do when you're trying to remember something, you know, she Mm -hmm. gets all those cues perfect and her and Reese Witherspoon together. That is so funny when she just keeps on looking at it. Yeah, she's like, you're very short. I don't trust short people, you know? Um, no, she said little people. <laughs> little people, that's right, little people. And that's a that's a specific word too, right? That's the thing is we're trying to figure out is, it did it come, did it, did his behavior come from, how much came from her? Some of it has to, right? We're all a product of our environment for, in some respect, but he is his own person as well. How much of was it that what she inflicted on him, you know, right. that, and that the things that she said yes. to Madeline, like, especially in the second scene with Madeline, when she was in the realty office and she was trying to explain away her feelings about short people or little people or whatever, and how she had a roommate in college or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay. That, but and it was so beautifully I, written because it was like she's so insulting, but she just it, she's just saying it. Mm-hmm. I, I just was – she did. She just kept getting progressively more crazy. But <laughs> I don't know how honest she was really being about that story or if she was just making it up out of whole cloth. But – I really do kind of hope that we get to see some flashbacks from when Perry was young and, and, and how, and how she raised him. So it helps us have more insight into the person that he became. Um, I'm hoping that's part of what they're doing this season. Uh, time will That'd tell. Be interesting. That, well, we did see actually speaking of flashbacks, we should mention that this episode does contain new footage mm-hmm. shot with Perry, with Alexander Skarsgård. Yes. Um, so that's, he is a part of the show. That's interesting. So how much more could be a lot more, right? Right. I mean, they've got the actor, they can do anything they want to do. They can create They had him in the credits. I mean, his name actually came up before hers. It said with Alexander Skarsgård and with Meryl Streep. Yeah. So right off the bat, we can see that, uh, Mary Louise is going to be something else. Uh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Something else. So we get to school, everybody, you know. The women kind of gather together. We get little scenes in the hallways. I love that we're back at the school. A lot of this is, of course, reminiscent again of the first episode. They're mirroring that. Um, and then we have that weird school assembly. <laughs> was, that was so bizarre. What was, I loved it, though. Like It didn't have, uh, upon you thinking about it, what is the essence of this? They seem to be bringing in the other characters like the principal, like the woman they run into at like that little bake sale. Mm-hmm. The other, these other characters that before we saw in the interviews with the police, now we're getting them interacting a bit more. So I loved uh, the little inner exchange after the, the assembly with Madeline and the principal and um, – she says, what a nice service. And he says, it's an assembly A service is when, for when somebody dies, like at school fundraisers. And then she gets, she gets, the lady asks her if she wants a cupcake and she says, I'll take two, one for each thigh, maybe give one to whatever his name is so he can shove it. Or she said, I'll shove one into each thigh and give one to him so he can shove it. And I I love that. That was great. But that's what I mean, right? Like they don't have they did so many of those fun little quips with these people talking about them. 
last season mm-hmm. in the interviews. So they kind of got to get that in. And I hope this is the kind of show where even if they did like a one-off episode where say we followed one of these characters as they interacted with each of the women we know, an episode like that, like kind of, um, you know, where they take a chance on something like that. I can see them building the world around and not just always be, because it's so much, it's like maybe the focus isn't so much on the families, it's on the women. And then we also get a little bit more of those supporting people as well. Um, and this, this new teacher that Renata talks to, they focus on him a couple times. I feel like he's going to become important this season, don't you? Uh, quite a possibility. Yeah, uh, that was a weird. That was another strange interchange, Larry. Exchange. <laughs> Emma Bella has an IQ of one fifty two, genius right. level. Genius level. Yeah, she was bullied and then last year. Thought. Oh, that's and not she was happening again. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> when she turns back to him and she goes, "That's not happening again." <laughs> Just well, right. they really they let. I was talking with my wife how they let kind of they kind of like let Laura Dern out more. You know, I feel like they said to her, like, you were kind of hamstrung last season by just being Amabella's mom. And it seems like they're adding more to her. So we'll talk. We'll see more of that, too. Um, We have this scene where Madeline runs into Mary Louise there when she's having coffee. How are you doing? Not good. (laughs) Terrible. Very upset. We get more of her again. This is where she talks i think first introduction yes we talked about that uh mm-hmm. then we have ed runs into tory and you agree yes. with me now that he seems to know that ed, ed knows i think it's what's very up. likely that ed knows yeah. uh, that was that was uh he knows what's up yeah and that's the, the wife the of joseph the, the guy who had, I had my breast yeah. done because he's like oh i didn't recognize you she's like i had my breast done I yeah. Like, well, I just uh, wanted to remind everyone that we're talking about Tori is the wife of Joseph, the play director that Madeline had an affair with. Right. And uh, yeah, you're right. She mentioned she had her breasts done and that and it she pisses. She had them on full display. Yeah. It pisses him. So if it pisses him off. It pisses Joseph off. She said uh, she had her breasts done and something about it taking away because her nose was messed up and it made people not look at her nose anymore or whatever. And it also pissed Joseph off that because people were always staring at her new breasts. So that means they're still together. Sounds that way. Sounds like it's not a happily still together though. Interesting that she pops up here because there mm-hmm. was definitely, she seemed to almost be proposing or little being flirtatious with Ed last year a little bit too. Remember? And uh, like kind of saying like, we should do what we, I can't remember that. Maybe it was at the, I don't know. There there was some, uh, I can't remember now whether it was at the fundraiser because she doesn't come right out and say anything. Did they have a conversation before last season? You remember, you did all the great notes. I did take all those notes and I feel like they might have had one interaction. At the hospital. I think they had. (laughs) I don't remember a whole lot about it. So it must have been a short one, but I feel like there may have been some kind of interaction with them. But you had said earlier about how this episode seemed very not like the whole focusing on the family units. Um, Something I thought of then and just was thinking of again when we were talking about Ed and Tori is 
how um, the the husbands of the five barely interact with their wives at all in this episode. Mm, great, I mean, great Ed point. and Madeline have the short little thing where Madeline's talking at him in the car mm-hmm. on the way to school. She's not really talking to him. She's talking at him. <laughs> and um, But then it's just it's a, like Ed and Tori and Ed and Nathan later and – Nathan and Bonnie have one little quick interchange or an exchange. I don't know why I keep wanting to say interchange. Sorry about that. Um, But Nathan is like with Madeline a couple times. He's with Ed the time. No, it's weird, but I thought it was of note. No, I, I, I don't, I think that you should go with that. Um, And that is purposeful. Right. And I think that's why I'm saying that is because I think it's a theme. And right. that's like, that was a, a lot of what last season was about was kind of keeping the family unit together at all costs, as we saw uh, with Celeste, which was the crux of our show here, Celeste and Perry, right? right? And the right. damage that had been done. And now this season we have uh, everyone really kind of stepping out on their own. We see Madeline's got a new career. Renata's getting her picture taken while her husband's drinking. Jane Uh, has a new career too. Yeah, Jane has a new career. Bonnie is in, she has delved inward and is ignoring everyone and is all about herself and what she is feeling. So we're really kind of, is this is really more about these, these kind of individuals now and the family unit, I suspect that we're going to see created is them, right? The women. Yes, exactly. We get a bit of that when they're in the car together and we get a bit of that where they're kind of the whole theme of this episode really is what's up with Bonnie. They keep on talking to each other. What's up with Bonnie? Is she going to tell on us? Do we want to help her? It starts as, do we want to help, you know, we need to help her and it progresses at some points to, is she going to tell on us? And we kind of see that at the end that she's thinking about it. So it's really interesting. Um, All right. So we're thinking about, uh, we have that scene with Ed and uh, Tori and Ed again is, I, Adam Scott is, I, I love, I, I love that show. He was a show on Fox called ghosted that he did that I really enjoyed. It's probably going to pop up on Netflix. If any, if you ever see it pop up on a streaming service, watch it. It was a lot of fun. Taking a little break here to talk about cufflinks.com. Our awesome sponsor, go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR 20 to get 20% off your order. No minimum. That's right. No minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. They got crazy new styles for Aladdin, the new movie Aladdin, all the Disney stuff. They got it over there. NCAA, NBA, NFL, Marvel, DC. Go to cufflinks.com today. Celeste meets with her therapist. I'm glad the therapist is back. Yes. I didn't expect that. Uh, I guess I didn't give it a whole lot of thought, but if I had, I probably wouldn't have expected it either. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I was I was glad. And the thing I was surprised at is um, really the therapist was so supportive of Celeste. And I felt though, knowing that she was lying about, about what happened to Perry, right? Mm-hmm. I, this time around, I felt different in their interchange here their interexchange here um, <laughs> now you're doing it <laughs> i felt different here sorry it's contagious um because last time i felt like oh this is a person who could help celeste and celeste listen to her 
now I kind of feel like Celeste is kind of a is kind of um abandoning that trust with her therapist. I think she's misrepresenting a bit the way she feels and even this dream because the dream is so much about what happened to Perry, right? Mhm. Yeah, in the dream um she, well, was it that dream? One of the two dreams that she has in this one that that you could that are it might be the one that's later at the end of the episode. So it was either the one in the beginning or the one at the end. It shows that that scene where he was stuff, stuffing her face down into the pillow yes. on the sofa, yeah. and then you know showed her in the shower when she was bleeding, and then he came in and basically assaulted her, and you know sexually assaulted her, and. Ugh, so she didn't really like give a whole representation of what was happening in the dream, which maybe she didn't need to because the therapist knew basic, you know, on general terms anyway, that he was very abusive to her and mistreated her. But um, I forget what you had asked. What well, this ask? is the dream that um, I, what I'm saying is there, she is having the flashes of the abuse that she suffered at his hand. Mm-hmm. But she's also having um, dreams in which she turns it oh, around yes. on him. Yes. And yes. she's the attacker, right? Yes, because in this one, she, she told yes. the therapist that I'm she the turned monster. into a monster yeah, so in her dream. For me, it's like the point that Bonnie brings up in the conversation with Madeline, where she says, I wish I would have just told the truth. I would have gotten off anyway. It was self-defense. Right. Is is ringing true here for Celeste as well. It's like she can't move past this. She can't even kind of like claim ownership yes. of this victory of of being rid of this monster because she can't work through the complicated emotions she has because she did love him because she's hiding from everyone except these women and really from herself in a way that she was a company to murder. Right. You know, but in a so, way, was she? Yeah. Because it really was self-defense. It's the lie that. It's the lie. Yeah. It's the lie. It's the, always the it's cover the up. Right. And that's, that's a great point that we're seeing from here is like, it's so confusing her, that lie that that's why I felt right. uncomfortable. Because she believes it's all her fault. She even yeah. t- tells the therapist it's all her fault. And that if she, she had chosen not to tell him that night, none of it would have happened. And then I like the line that her therapist says to her. She says, even in death, his message lives on. And, and uh, Celeste asks her what? And he, she says that you're to blame, that you're always to blame. And yep. it's like, oh, kind of chilling and it's chilling it's it's chilling too because in 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 it's unfortunately perhaps um agreeing with a little voice in celeste head that she is to blame it's her fault it is you know because she knows that it's a lie which she's telling everyone right what really happened so it makes it more confusing for her and i guess that's the feeling that i got out of this scene is it was like it was even shot differently it was it was um when they shot it last time it was like celeste was like uh, it was almost like a straight uh mid shot on the couch and the therapist was like turned so it's like she's dominant this was more of like an equal exchange i think they they were almost seated more directly across mm-hmm. from each other i may be wrong about that but it just felt that way in the way that it was 
um, the angles that and the, the edits in it. And it just made me feel like almost that Celeste was doing herself harm by continuing this therapy with this lie, you know, like it's like mm-hmm. building lies upon lies, but uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's the hiding that does it. Um, all right. So then we see Madeline showing a house and like right. ignoring people. <laughs> I, I was, I was dumbfounded. She's amazing. I love it. She's, I love it. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's your job lady. Yeah. But it was, it, they're other, they're other realtors. So they're not, you know, um, that's the impression I got that it was like a realtor open. Cause I watch all those like, no, uh, what is it like a million dollar listing and all that. And when the real, when, when it's people, when it's like an open house, they always pay attention. But when it's other realtor, they'll be like talking on their phone and cause they know them. But, um, it just did kind of show how she has such a passion for this work, but this is such an all encompassing thing talking about what's happening with Bonnie. Right. Um, I, I was, uh, Again, I was surprised at the talking on the phone, even if she was talking to other realtors, they were literally asking her questions <laughs> and she was ignoring them talking on the phone. I just thought, but she's selling great. houses, right? She's selling houses. <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't, although I did find it funny uh, when, you know, she said, well, she was talking to Celeste, presumably about how oddly Bonnie was behaving. And then the line that made me laugh on the second watch was the, I'm beating myself up for telling Jane that I liked her bangs. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. But also, I mean, with the new job, I think she's trying to gain control uh, yes. over everything. Just like she's trying to, she, she was doing last season. She always wanted to be in control of everything. And she's looking for a passion again. I mean, you get that from her, the little clip of her um, dream or daydream or whatever it was at the very beginning of the episode where she was flashing back to when she was having sex with Joseph. So she's looking for a passion. So I think she's going to really throw herself into this real estate work or at least try to. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that little clip there of her, her affair. And again, we don't really see her. The, the, the interaction between her and Ed is not better. No, their relationship has not progressed. No. Um, then we get Renata doing the power mom <laughs> photo shoot, which was awesome. Oh my God. I love her so much. I, so, yeah. I'm so happy that they're letting her just act because she is amazing and she's just standing up there. And then he's like, I thought this was supposed to be in the office. He's like, no, they're doing the homes and you can totally tell that she manipulated it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's only going to be her at the house. Right. Um, and she kind of had that top was kind of super uh, Wonder Woman ish, very uh, red and sparkly yeah. with that me- metallic. I mean, it looked like a metal belt. I don't know yeah. if it was, but I liked it. Um, and what's up with Gordon? See, I knew something was going to be up with him, Jenny. I said it. They, they're they're working on something with his character here, a darkness. They must be. Because, yeah, he's up. What is he? He's got a baseball bat and he's sitting there in the yes. train route. What the hell? I, I, I don't I, know. <laughs> I, I thought I thought there was I thought a gimp was going to come out or he was going to start breaking his trains or something. It was just weird. It was because, I mean, I, I remember last season, the time when um, he and Renata were having sex in the office. She had come to his office. Right. Because um, he, she was saying someone would come in and he said his secretary, blah, blah, whatever. But 
I was like, so what are you doing at home in the middle of the day while she's having her photo shoot? I, I and weird. Then, you know, the bat in the, his little model train room and then drinking lots and lots of whiskey. Well, I, Just pounding yeah. them. What is he upset? Are we, are we to infer that he had a great relationship with Perry and he's upset that his friend is dead <laughs> or because they had a little bro time at the fun? Ra- I don't, I don't get I, it, I, but I don't I, care. I, I don't, I right. Mean, I'm see hoping what that, I mean, they put that scene there for a reason, yes, right? Exactly. Mr. Film Man. That's what, that's why I'm saying. Let's trust it. Let's see what let's see how it pans out. If they don't take that somewhere, that will be disappointing. Yeah. He's creepy, so they got a creeper. Do it. Uh then we get a, a scene with Madeline, Nathan, and Abigail at a meeting with the college counselor. And I mean, I, I don't know. They I I came to like the Abigail stuff last season because of its symbolic relevance and themes mm-hmm. and but like I didn't I I, I was kind of glad there weren't a lot of kids in this episode, I have to say. Um, this scene, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, she doesn't want to go to college. She's still kind of she, doing her thing. She said that last. I, I, yeah, it's the same shit, but that's how kids are. Bullshit with her. <laughs> I don't get it because it's, it's like. the same bullshit. <laughs> it is I, because Abigail literally told her the same thing last year. Yeah. I mean, the last <laughs> year, meaning last but season, that, but, that but that last is year. True. That's truthful in a sense, though. And that's what that's why I wanted to mention the scene. We really didn't have to talk about it. But I think it was kind of trying to show the monotony of the home life with them and the interaction of the whole family. It's just like, it's just always a freaking problem. I thought it was funny, though, yeah. that Nathan called her honey to try and get her to stop. Yes, Madeline. that it's happens. Like, has that ever happened to you in real life when you're talking to an ex and you call them like honey or babe, or even if it's been like years or something, like you just think. No, it... not even my ex-husband oh, okay. who <laughs> is my son's father. Right. And I had to be in lots of things with him with school and okay. hockey and this and that. All Thankfully, right. no. <laughs> See, I do that shit all the time. I call my mom, like I'll mess, I'll be talking to my wife. I'll, I'll do I'm, that with my son sometimes. I'll call, I'll slip and call him babe. <laughs> oh yeah. See, that's, Yeah. <clears throat> that's it's like thing. no no not babe. see that's a good thing is uh, since i have a son i can i'll call him like bro or dude and he, i he won't realize I that i didn't mean dude. to do it yeah i'm too much of a dude and broer um all right so we get another scene where uh, madeline shows up at the real estate office to find mary louise sitting there with the co-worker this was amazing and the best part about it was trying to figure out the dynamics of Madeline is upset that Mary Louise didn't come to her because she knows she's a real estate. She should know, but she's kind of happy that she didn't come to her. Right. Cause and, she hands her right yeah. back off to the other dude. <laughs> that was the best part. Cause by the end of it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, how is she going to maneuver this? And then she's just like, well, he'll handle, oh, he'll take great care of you. Mm-hmm. But she, and it was almost like, during the because she knows she's weighing as a real estate you know like the they're hawks man you know what i mean right so she's weighing like she knows she has money it's a second it's a it's a what do they call that a port a tear a pet a tear or whatever what's that called when you I have do not know. rich people call I know it what like you mean. second I've house. I've seen it, but I'm not sure the correct yeah. pronunciation. Somebody write it. Somebody email whatever. We'll get it. We'll get an <laughs> iTunes review. He didn't know it's called a pot a tear or whatever. Anyway, um. <laughs> But she's kind of weighing it. And then by the end of the conversation, she's out. And I think actually this is an important conversation here because I think it's in this conversation 
that Madeline starts to understand. And for a plot point, I think this is important. This is a conversation to me where she starts to see her as a threat. I think she's starting to get with the coffee conversation in the morning. And then she sees her again and she's still being rude. And they, she knows the whole miss, you know, also on being rude, but Mm -hmm. then she just does it. I think she's seeing Mary Louise. This could be trouble here. This mm-hmm. is the this is the uh, mother of the man who we all collectively lied about. Were involved in the conspiracy, and I th- I think we'll look back at this scene, even though it was super funny. Um, even the coworker was good. Even the, they cast so well on this show. Um, you just made me remember another line from their first meeting during the coffee house scene, and um, uh, she says, "I want to know what happened to my son," and Madeline says. Um, well, he, it was an accident. He fell. He lost his balance and fell. And when Meryl Streep says, yeah, that's the company line, I was like, ooh. Ooh, yeah. See, that's <laughs> because you know what, though? That is basically saying there's a conspiracy, right? The yeah. company yeah. line. Mm-hmm. And who's the company? The, the Monterey the five. five. Yes. And speaking of that, we get the meeting of the Monterey Five minus Bonnie. Um, in the, we should call it the M5 MB, M5 MB, um, (laughs) meeting in Madeline's car. I loved this scene. It was short, but it was like something, it reminded me of, it was just such a callback to, we killed somebody we got to (laughs) meet. And then every movie and film and every TV show that it's ever happened, we've seen it in so many shows. Everybody, what do they do? They all meet in a car, you know, and they're all huddled in there. that really happens when a group of people kill someone in real life. I don't know. You know what, Jenny? One day maybe we'll find out, but not. we won't talk about it I guess it I need podcast. to read some more true crime novels. <laughs> I listen to lots of true crime podcasts, but I oh, don't guess yeah. that that's something I've ever learned, though. No, do no. they really meet in the car? I think they do. I think, you know what? It's a convenient place to meet. And it's like, it really think about what is a car? It's a small room that moves. Right. Right. And you can limit the amount of people that. Yeah. Can you can roll the windows it. up. You know what I right. mean? Right. You can turn a radio on. It's, pro- yep. I like it. But I thought this scene, I don't, this scene really, the, the essence of this scene is they all realize something's wrong with Bonnie and they need to kind of do something about it. And what it ends up is uh, Madeline going, she's going, I guess she was going to go meet with Nathan anyway, I think, Uh, go to their house, I think, to talk about the kid. But she ends up, she wants to talk to Bonnie and they have their little talk here where, which was, it's interesting to me that it took, I mean, it was almost past the halfway point that this happens here, right? And this is a really important scene because up until this point, we have Bonnie, these little quick scenes and Nathan trying to meet with Ed, right? Can you talk to her? Um, uh, right. Did we weird. have that point yet? Or is that uh, little, oh no, that's a little bit later. Or did, no, I think, yeah, I think that we point. We might have skipped over yeah, it. Yeah, I think but... I may have skipped over it by accident. I apologize. I may a, have no, I've, it from the I've, I've missed it too. Um, there wasn't that much was to that scene. scene. Yeah. But that was again, separate people, not the fam, right? Like going right. outside the family. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it was finally Bonnie just 
breaks down and says what you said in the beginning, which was totally true, which is that she feels if she had told the truth in the first place, she would have gotten off with nothing anyway. But now she can't say anything to anyone. She can't talk to her husband about it. She can't talk to her kid. She can't process the grief. Nothing because she's caught in in the conspiracy. Every time she goes to access that grief, it's a lie. And especially what you said in our um, rewatch, right? She's the granola, wholesome, you know, right. holistic, all mind, body, one person. And it's she's like it's poison just yes, eating at her. Exactly. She's like, see, I could never do this, Jenny, because I have a need to talk about everything as I do in the freaking podcast. Um, and, uh, I, I, I would feel the same way. I can totally, when she, this scene was so awesomely written because I think if you're a person like that, that you kind of have to have things. I think the thing about Bonnie too, is a lot of people I know that are into body motion, yoga, movement, whatever fitness are a bit OCD. Like they need their ducks in a row, right? Like it's a motion, it, it's very, it, it, it seems like all free and whatever, but it's actually freedom within the confines of these rules. And Bonnie can't live within her own life rules, which is that she has to be open and free with everyone. Right. And also like, remember last season, you even saw like she was very into uh, natural foods and things. Mm-hmm. And she, when uh, Nathan was Control. eating the processed cereal the one time, she was like, I yep. can't believe you're eating that. And it's like, I, I imagine that the, this character feels like she's literally ingesting poison every day that she keeps this buried in, inside herself. And it's, that's why I said it, I, I really feel like it's killing her. I wonder if she's going to die at the end of the season. That wow! I you know that's not a that's no, really not a prediction. No, I don't Jenny, think it's going to happen. But I figured I'd throw that out there because that's like an Axel kind of theory. I okay. Not only is it an <laughs> Axel kind of theory, but I think they are communicating that with several shots in this episode uh, that seem to show. And remember, in the beginning, it's actually it's bo- this dream where we're see- where it starts off with this dream that Celeste having, but we see Bonnie looking at the kids going away. Right? She keeps on looking at the rock and looking over at the kids going away, and then mm-hmm. there's shots of Bonnie walking into the ocean in the same way we had shots last season of Jane walking Jane. into the ocean, and it seems like. There was another hint there that I can't remember. Ah, oh, man. If I remember it, we'll see as it progresses. Perhaps I'll do another rewatch and see. But there was a shot there that gave me the impression that she was almost, it just looked like she was a ghost, almost. A ghostly yeah. presence, you know? Yeah. Um, but what she a great wasn't, scene. She wasn't there. I mean, she was there, but she wasn't there. Yeah. And it's a great scene, but there's no, that there's no resolution here. No, there's absolutely no resolution. Away. Yep, she just walks away. She just says, okay, bye, and walks away. Um, I don't even think she said goodbye. Nathan came to the door, yep. and she just escaped. I think you're right. Oh, she, she said something like, Abigail will speak with, like she talked to him and then walked away from her, which is, that's cold, and that shows she's, yeah, she is definitely having like PDSD and needs to talk about this, but can't because of that central lie there. Uh, now we have a great scene where Jane and Celeste are together and Celeste asks Jane, 
She isn't ca- why she isn't cashing the checks for Ziggy. She says it's rape money. And then she asks her, are you ever been upset with me that I had sex with your husband? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't get a lot of Jane this episode, but this was great because it shows how brutally honest they are with each other and how mm-hmm. Jane has reached that point with Celeste. Also, I mean, it shows how far Jane has moved on. Like, she really seems like she has healed. Like you had mentioned earlier, it seems like Jane and Celeste, they haven't necessarily swapped places, but they're like more mirroring where, not exactly, but where the other character was last season. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Maybe not exactly. Cause I guess Cel- Jane isn't mirroring where Celeste was, but Celeste is mirroring where Jane was. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and they're all, you're right. And, they, and, and you see it with Bonnie too. And then a Bonnie's lot. mirroring yeah. where Celeste they're doing was little sw- for having been yeah. beat. They're beaten. doing little switcheroos and Madeline mm-hmm. is acting kind of like Renata. Right. Yes. And Renata's acting kind of like Bonnie and they're all, they're, they're switching, they're taking on a little bit of each other's personality. They're creating a family. They're creating a unit here. And they even have that name now, the Monterey five, right? right? When we get that scene with um, Jane on the beach and, and um, the new guy says to her, you're part of the Monterey five. And it's almost, and it's kind of funny. She looked a little shocked at that. Yeah. It's kind of, that's why. You always have to ask yourself, why are we entering this story at this point? And where are our characters? And we seem to be entering this story at this point, not only because it's, again, a mirror of the first year, it's the beginning of the school year, but there is a confluence of events that are taking place where their celebrity seems to be rising and they're starting to notice it more. Right. They talk about that in the car as well. And that is bringing the attention of perhaps uh, Mary Louise, the detectives, the other people involved around it are mentioning it. So it's like now that school is back, people are talking about it again. Mm -hmm. Great, great episode. Um, Okay, so one of the last scenes we have is uh, Celeste having this strange ass dinner with Mary Louise where they (laughs) screw God. Meryl Streep is so incredible. This scene, she just, you just don't know what the fuck she's going to say next. You have no no idea. And then every time so off the wall, but so, but so off the wall, but also so controlled, you know what I mean? Like it was weird. It was really, it was that, two-faced weirdness that Perry had last year, right? Where he just kind of turned on a dime or, you know, even a little word is going to kind of set them off, but hers is so passive aggressive, but then it just becomes aggressive. Yeah. It was so like the things she was saying, like, you know, you shouldn't have to have lost your dad when all these other basically inferior children with inferior dads still have their dads. I was like, the fuck is she talking wow. about to these kids? What now, kind of example? You know, okay. I have a question for you. And uh, speaking again about we take up a year later, it does. It seems like Mary Louise has been coming back and forth from San Francisco now wants to buy a house there, right? Mm-hmm. She's been a steady part of Celeste and the boys' lives for the better part of what nine months or so, or ten, right. however long Probably it's been. Probably close to a year. Close to a year. Um, 
So I have a question for you, Jenny, which is this. Has Celeste had a conversation with Mary Louise about the abuse she suffered at the hands of her son? Right? We I would see, say no. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Even though it seems to be public record in the police interview, she states that he was kicking her. I still don't understand within the confines of this show what the public knows about Perry or whether the story is just they were all talking and he fell down the stairs. I don't think that it is public knowledge that he uh, was abusing her. Okay. I don't think that at all. So do you I, think the fight was public I, knowledge or do you think it's just that's the story? That, he fell down the stairs. I think that the fight may be at least semi-public knowledge. If anyone outside of the Monterey Five has talked to anyone within the Monterey Five, I think that they probably know that there was a fight and everyone probably just assumes it was um, alcohol-induced or something like that and that it was a terrible accident. Okay. Uh, except for the gossipers. <laughs> yeah, see, that's... <laughs> and, you know, they're just going to think whatever they want to think because that's how people are. But I don't think that anyone specifically um, is is thinking that that Perry was was abusing her on a regular basis because she covered it up too well and she didn't tell anyone other than her therapist. See, that's what I that's the only thing that's bothering me about this episode. I loved everything about it. And I thought the way they continued this season and picked up on the characters was great. I felt the progression was great. But I'm still not understanding how much of the details are public, how much are not, because they talk about it like it's the biggest story around, but then they don't seem to know details. So I guess they're playing with us in that way. And Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, that I have to admit is a little bit frustrating to me. Yeah. And in that conversation at the table, um, when she was talking about how awesome her son was and I, I can't even, yeah, I that's don't even I remember mean. all the crazy things she it was, was saying. She seemed, I mean, I know that mothers are going to talk well about their sons, but like, I, at least me, right. I, my son is grown. He's not, you know, that was in his beyond 40s the pale. or whatever, but yes. like I would, I, I'm a, I'm an honest person to a fault anyway. So I'll tell you, he's a great kid, but I'll also tell you, he, his room is a mess all the time. Yes. Like disgusting, you know, I like, I'm, I'm, I don't like inflate him. So I'm not the type of person to do that. So I don't understand that, that frame of mind, but like, she's like got him up on some, like on the clouds floating like, like he's a some saint kind of God yes, he's or the, something. He's yeah. the new I mean, pope, was, you know, uh, it was over the top. And I was like, really? And I, I really think that that's part of the whole, whatever her crazy packages that we're going to see as this season unrolls. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think because that's the question to me, it's like, are we waiting for Celeste to turn to her and say, look, your, your son abused me not give away that they killed him, but just say, look, he wasn't a great guy. And yes, I miss him, but th- we didn't have a perfect marriage and blah, blah, right. blah. And but- he was abusing me and yeah. he was also hitting these that, other that women and, you and everything. You killed him. And you- he lost his balance and fell down the exactly. stairs. I mean, it seems like a logical story. Yes. It's, you know, yes, it seems it does. And I think that, um, 
you know, like he, like she could even say he killed himself. If he wasn't beating me, he wouldn't have fallen down the step, you know, like you could so easily flip that, that that's the only frustrating part. So I'm interested to see where we go from here. Uh, We end the episode with uh, a dream of a police lineup with all the women. And I'm interested in the way they're dressed here. Because let's yeah, they were dressed in the in the the, the trivia night outfits. Were those the same outfits yeah. as trivia? Okay, those were the outfits they because were wearing on trivia night. That was of, what was in the lineup. One of the things that I wanted to point out, and I forgot, it was the very beginning of the episode, is that the opening credits gave away the end of the season last year. If you remember, they showed them in the outfits. Going into the camera, they showed you trivia night. They shot part of the credits at while they were shooting that and you see like parts of the seat. So when I watched the credits this time, I was trying to figure out, are we seeing anything? Are they showing us the future again? But it's just Uh, the women walking down the beach. I'm betting that they are, but we probably won't see it. That's what I'm saying. Jenny, is this shot actually from later in the season and the women are all going to be arrested and put in a lineup, but it's not going to be Perry that's behind the window. It's going to be Mary Louise. But why would it be Mary Louise? I don't she know. I'm trying to make come up with a mystery here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying it's to like figure. Mary Louise wasn't there. I, no, I really no, didn't a, think of that a was... different event. I don't know. Do that, you see what those I'm were trying their to say? outfits and how they okay. how disheveled okay. they looked and all everything. Right. All right. It may not be identical, like if you took a it's screen not working. grab. It's not working. I, but you, you see where I'm going, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, though, because there was so much of that, so much of the first season was flashing forward, and we didn't know it. And I wonder if they're doing that again, and we don't know it yet because they're playing with us in some way. I'm just trying to see what kind of narrative twist will happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the dreams have a lot to do with it. And we end with this dream with Celeste waking up from a nightmare screaming, I'll kill you. At which point Mary Louise walks in the room and then asks, who are we planning to kill? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You, you, I'm telling you, she's dying. I think maybe Bonnie dies, but I think Mary Louise better watch her back. Yeah, Mary Louise, she's something. She better watch her back, baby. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was the whole episode. That's where we end. Um, again, I loved it, save for the fact that I'm still trying to figure out what the public knows, what they don't, the abuse. I thought, see, I thought they might come in this season with Celeste being hailed as some sort of like survivor hero in the town. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that might be a. Uh, a a theme that might run through this, but it's not there. They're just saying it was an ax, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but everything else, I loved it. Do you have any other thoughts about the episode? A lot of great lines. Not that I can think of. I did. I did really think there was so much though. If for the fact that it, it was so short. Yeah. I mean, they, it wasn't short, but you know, 44, 45 minutes. And, and it just was so much. They can, (laughs) they can do a lot. They did. The scenes, I'll say one one more kind of um, structural directing type thing. There were a lot less quick scenes than there were last season. There, these were more traditional. When you came to a scene, you normally stayed with that scene. But there were a lot of scenes, you know? So it's. I think there was actually more scenes in this episode than there were 
typically in uh, last year, but they were more evenly, uh, even in time. So you got about each scene was like between three to five minutes, some a little Mm -hmm. longer, some a little shorter, but generally all the same amount of time. Um, But yeah, they pack it in there because there's such great acting. All it takes is a little wink, a little look, right? A little conversation. And Mm -hmm. it says so much. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, we did get some feedback on our Facebook page. So I want to thank Gina, who said that she actually had a chance to watch it in an event uh, put on by Futures Without Violence, uh, an organization uh, that also now uses scenes from the first season in its curriculum. That's awesome. Gina's I know, awesome. Sound, I thought that sounded great. Yeah. Go, Gina. And listen to Resisting Gilead, everyone. Yes. Um, Andy loved it. I'm not usually a huge street, strip, streep, strep <laughs> fan, <laughs> streep fan, but wow, she's going to be a great addition to the already impressive cast. Thanks, Andy. And why aren't you a streep fan, Andy? You should be. I love oh, Meryl Streep. can do anything. Um, Eileen, my cousin, I was hooked this show last year. Now I'm hooked again this year. I felt the urge to watch season one's first and last episode before season two and glad I did. The refresher helped. What a great cast. These Monterey Five women and the problems each has to deal with Meryl Streep's character joining the main cast looks really interesting. At first, I couldn't imagine Streep playing the mother of Perry, but she's an incredible actress and quickly fit right in. Bonnie seems to be the character to watch now. And we hope to soon find out why she hates Perry and struggles to keep the secret of Perry's death. As Oh, well, you know, we know why she hates Perry. But why she... You know, that's interesting, though. Um, Eileen makes me think of something. I, I think maybe I may have... Ri- uh, either this came out wrong and autocorrect, but I feel like there's something in Bonnie's past that links her to this, that made her act like that. I think we mentioned that in the rewatch. I don't know if we did or not. That might have been when my eyes were glazing over at the end. Um, (laughs) Was that the fifth glass of wine? (laughs) (laughs) No wine tonight. Um, Oh, I missed the wine. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, that's a really good point. Um, She did seem to be perhaps traumatized uh, by something because she did act really quickly. I do feel like maybe we did talk about that in the the rewatch cast. So good. Good on you, Eileen. Even if that's not what you meant, we appreciate it. All right. That's all we got. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Consider being a patron at Patreon.com slash DVR. If you have any feedback, you can join our Facebook page, DVR Podcast, or you can email us dvrpodcast at gmail.com thank you for all the subscriptions we're also running a contest give us an itunes review you can win a blu-ray of season one courtesy of dj tim hines so put it yeah isn't that awesome so we already have eight reviews that's awesome for one episode give us more it helps us get noticed the subscriptions do the best thing though and we're already listed on the top hundred of itunes entertainment so people are loving this show, uh, Big Little Lies, and hopefully they'll love our show. And this is our first recap, and we're done, Jenny. Hey. That's it. Did you want to talk about the look ahead to next week? You had it in the notes, but... Yeah, what do you think? 
Did you watch the? No, I I didn't. I didn't really. I kind of watched it, but it didn't seem to give me too. It was like what was coming up this season, and I won't give you any spoilers. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to say it looks to be very interesting. Okay, all right, that's interesting. (laughs) I know you don't usually watch that stuff. That's why I asked. No, no, I just thought we might. uh, I'd look ahead more, like if we had any final thoughts. So I think we kind of no, did you? no. It does look to be very interesting, and I was already excited about the rest of the season. So that just Ooh. like drew me in a little more. So you'll Ooh. have to catch it at the end of the season and be like, "Oh yeah, that was good." Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay spoiler free. Well, that's why I said at the end of the season. Yeah, you I'll can go back it. and catch it and be like, "Oh, they did good with that," or "No, oh, that would have given too much away." Yeah, I did that with <laughs> Game of Thrones, and I was happy I didn't watch it. Hmm. Because I, I, I watched the the season uh, thing like after the season ended and I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't watch it because, you know, Brett, <laughs> another great listener and podcaster too, is with me on not watching that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I would – because I can guess sh- too much shit. I see a person in this room and that and I – the whole season I'm waiting for it to happen. I think part of that is your film background. Yeah, it's too much. But you know what? I'm just going to have fun talking about it with you, That's Jenny. All good. I will too. You'll be my guide. Um, (laughs) All right. And also Veronica Mars, baby. Ken and I are doing Veronica Mars. Just wanted to mention again because I'm so excited. So subscribe. Oh, on Twitter at DVR podcast. That's all we got. Email us. Jenny, your second ever podcast. I think you did fantastic. Thanks, Axel. I'm just going to keep on saying that. Now you can have your wine. (laughs) Now I can have my wine. (laughs) Enjoy. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) 